0: Welcome to The Light Within, a podcast for anyone seeking to rewrite their life, live in their light, and align with their soul's highest purpose. I'm Leslie Draffen. I'm a journalist and menstrual cycle coach, and I'm obsessed with all things spirituality, sexuality, wellness, empowerment, and mysticism. Join me as I interview coaches, teachers, healers, and thought leaders from all around the globe about all the ways we can feel more tuned in, turned on, and lit up AF. If you're on a journey towards self-discovery, you've come to the right place. This is The Light Within. Hello, beautiful beings, and thank you for joining me for this episode of The Light Within. I have so enjoyed doing these mini episodes for you over the last month, and I really hope you have enjoyed them too. And so for my final episode in this little series, I wanted to show some of the questions that you guys have asked on my Instagram and answer some of those for you. So I had some followers send me their messages, the top things they want to know about periods and their menstrual cycles, so I chose the top 10 and they are some juicy ones. So let's get started. Number one, how do you track without a bleed? Well, there are many reasons someone might not have a bleed. Pregnancy, breastfeeding, hormonal imbalances, etc. But the great thing is that it is super easy to track without a bleed. You just use the moon. Now, I suggest using the new moon as your bleed and the full moon as ovulation. That would mean your cycle would be 29 days long. You're technically rounding down slightly because the full moon phase takes about 29 and a half days. When it comes to inner seasons, you would have your inner winter, your bleed around the new moon last five or so days. Inner spring would be eight days, five days for inner summer around the full moon, and 11 days for inner fall. Now, you can play around with those numbers Intuitively feel into what you like. You can also choose to switch to a full moon bleed. If you do choose to bleed on the new moon, though, it is known as a white moon cycle. And I found this fascinating. Biodynamics have shown that the Earth is most fertile during full moons, which would be when you ovulate in a white moon cycle. And this one is most traditionally linked to fertility and motherhood. If you are a, quote, white moon bleeder, you'll likely feel a surge in your intuition during your period at the new moon, and you'd feel an urge to withdraw for nourishment and self-renewal. In other words, you are going to tap out energetically and give the month your all. It is you time. Now, if you choose to cycle on the full moon, this means more of your energies are outgoing, vibrant, creative. Some feel that this is a little counterintuitive to menstruation, but not necessarily so. In ancient times, the red moon cycle was associated with those who were shamans, high priestesses, and healers. Those who tended to menstruate with the full moon are said to focus their darker and more creative menstrual energies outward rather than inward. And this is in order to nourish and teach others from their own experience. Many times, women with this cycle will be more focused on self-growth, development, mentorship, and creativity. Number two. What is a normal cycle length? Well, a normal cycle is whatever's normal for you. It is so important to stop focusing on that 28-day cycle because it's really just the textbook model of this, quote, idealized cycle and nothing more. In fact, the majority of menstruators do not experience a 28-day cycle. Also, you need to know that throughout your life, your cycle length will change. In our youth, the average is around 32 days. In middle life, it's around 29 days. And in perimenopause, it goes to around 33 days. Now, most experts believe that a healthy range is anywhere from 24 to 35 days. But again, tracking your cycle will help you determine whatever's normal for you. If your cycle does fall outside of the 24- to 35-day range, or if you have fewer than 9 periods a year, you might be experiencing delayed ovulation, and that could signal a deeper problem, so I would suggest either reaching out to me for more information or going straight to your doctor to talk about it. Number three, are menstrual cups safer than tampons? So... Yes, menstrual cups are safer than tampons, most obviously though because they do not absorb blood, they collect it, and so that means that you are not at risk of developing toxic shock syndrome from a cup like you are from a tampon. Tampons are also made of little fibers, and they can shed and get stuck in your vaginal canal. I had a friend here on the podcast um, who did this on her Instagram page, The Vagina Blog, and basically you could see the tampon. She put it in water, and it was just like disintegrating into the water, and I was kind of blown away because I'm thinking, does that mean it's disintegrating in your vagina? And yeah, there is some evidence to say that can happen. Cups, on the other hand, are made of body-safe silicone or latex. They do not disintegrate inside you. Another difference, tampons should be changed every four to six hours, but you can use a cup for up to 12 hours, depending on your flow. And cups last a lot longer. Some brands say that you can use them for up to 10 years, obviously with proper cleaning and care. However, I have tried to use a cup. I found it very stressful and uncomfortable, and there are so many different types of cups out there. I really have not devoted a lot of time to figuring out which one works best for me because I just prefer to free bleed. I like to bleed into period panties. I like not having anything internally when I have my period. So take all of that with a grain of salt and uh, pick whatever works for you. Question four, what does your period color say about period health. So period blood should be a variation of red, right? Like that's anywhere from deep red, like wine, to a bright red. If you see dark brown or dark red at the beginning or end, that's okay. It's likely just old blood. If you see pink blood, now that could mean that you are not getting the right nutrients in your diet, or you could have something like anemia. Um, it would be a good idea to talk with your doctor about this if this pink blood was very consistent, like. Several periods you're just having pink blood and it never really goes to red. Other colors that do signal problems are gray and orange. So, gray could mean you have bacterial vaginosis. Orange could also be a sign of a possible infection. So, good idea to talk to your doctor if you've got gray or orange period blood. If you see black blood at the beginning or end, it could just be very old blood. However, if it does persist, um, it could be a sign of like a vaginal blockage. And again, good idea to talk to your doctor if you have any experiences with an odd color period blood. Number five, and I love this, I love this question. Um, what's up with period poops? <laughs> okay, so if you notice that your bowel movements change around your period, you are not alone. This is actually affected because of hormone changes. So there are a few reasons why this happens. Number one. Around menstruation, our bodies release a hormone known as prostaglandins, and these help stimulate your muscle contractions in the uterus, which helps your lining shed. However, they also stimulate your contractions in the uh, intestines and the bowels, so that can make you poop more frequently. It can also reduce how well your body absorbs water, and so that might be why you have like diarrhea or more of like a loose stool around your period. TMI, I know. The second reason is that increased progesterone can also impact your gastrointestinal tract. And so it could cause diarrhea in some people, but it can also cause constipation. So for me, I have realized I'm often constipated a few days in the middle of inner fall because of the increased progesterone. And it's one of the reasons why I suggest things like longer walks just to kind of get your body moving and also eating plenty of foods with natural fiber because that can help you stay regular. Number six, are periods linked to the moon? So we kind of already talked about how you can use the moon to track your periods, but is the moon impacting your period? In ancient times, women did bleed with the moon, or at least that's what we think because evidence is like a little murky, obviously, because the people taking the notes and writing everything down were dudes. But... Before electricity, when we lived more closely aligned with the circadian rhythm and we were more influenced by the sunlight and moonlight, evidence does suggest that we bled with the moon. New moon would be the bleed and full moon would be ovulation. And again, when you look at biodynamics of the earth, it is more fertile at the full moon, so it would kind of make more sense that we would also be more fertile at the full moon as well. I also like to think that back in the day when there were no lights, The full moon would have been very bright, so you could have seen to get busy, you know? I also believe that because the moon influences the tides and we are made of 70% water, it just makes sense to me that the moon would influence us, right? Like, just don't fall into the trap of thinking that you need to bleed with a certain moon phase. Just notice, like, how you feel around certain phases of your cycle and also how the moon phases sync up with that. And just notice if there are any synchronicities. Number seven, why is my period late if I know I'm not pregnant? Well, there are a ton of reasons your period's late when you aren't pregnant, but I would be willing to bet it is stress. Stress can delay ovulation because when we are in a state of stress, our body does not feel safe enough to bring a baby into the world, hence delayed ovulation. But other reasons you might not be bleeding even though you're not pregnant could be under eating or over exercising. So just take it a little easier on yourself. Maybe practice syncing your diet and your exercise routines with your cycle. And again, if you need help with that, reach out to me and I will show you how. Question eight, how do I know I'm ovulating? Okay, I love this question. First, I want you to understand that ovulation is super important, even if you are not trying to get pregnant, because without ovulation, you don't have a period. It is the star of the menstrual cycle. And I think a lot of us were taught to just like kind of fear it because we were so afraid to get pregnant accidentally. I mean, at least that's how my very Christian abstinence-based sex education went. And so I never really paid attention to ovulation up until two years ago. So now the way that I know I'm ovulating are two different metrics. The first is cervical fluid. So as you start getting closer to ovulation, your cervical fluid will change. You will notice um, it when you go to the bathroom. I always suggest maybe checking before you use the bathroom, either with like a clean finger or if it grosses you out, just wipe yourself before and after you pee. And that way you can make sure what you're seeing isn't urine. And then notice like the texture and the consistency. If it's thick, white, or clumpy, it's likely not fertile fluid. But when it starts to get really wet or slippery or stretchy or clear, it is likely fertile. I describe it like if you ever wiped after you pee and like you just can't get it to dry, most likely that could be fertile mucus. Now, the other way that I confirm ovulation is by taking my basal body temperature. I do it every single morning before I get out of bed, With a very special thermometer that has two numbers after the decimal point. I got mine on Amazon. It was like 40 bucks because it syncs with this app and it is super convenient, but you can find them for like 10 or 12 bucks. So here's what you do after you sleep for at least five hours, that's the important part. You don't necessarily have to take it at the same time every morning, but you need to have slept for at least five hours for your temperature to be like regulated day to day. You will take your temperature. And then either track it in an app or a paper tracker. After ovulation, you will notice your temperature spikes 0.5 to 1 degree Fahrenheit. And that usually happens in like the 24-hour period after ovulation. Your body temperature is going up with that progesterone increase. And so this is how you can confirm ovulation. It's not really a way to predict it, right? I also like to use this temperature trick because it predicts when my period happens. So I will notice that my period drops, I'm sorry, my temperature drops right before my period. Again, back down half to one full degree Fahrenheit. And so I put my period panties on and I am not surprised by my bleed. Question nine. How much of my cycle is impacted by heredity? Well, A lot of things about your cycle are impacted by family history. Um, It can be like when you start your bleed, when you go into menopause, whether you have cycle signs like pain or PCOS, those can all be linked to family history. So try and have conversations with the menstruators in your life and talk about this. Find out, you know, when did they start their period? Did they have any period problems? And also, you know, when. Did they start feeling like they were going into menopause? Always great to have these conversations if you have those people still in your life. And question number 10, is period pain normal? No, 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 no. Period pain is common, but it is not normal. Around 80% of women experience period pain at some point in their life, and roughly 5-10% to say that it is severe enough to interfere with their daily life. But still, pain is a cycle sign that you should not ignore. And there are a lot of ways you can combat it with diet and lifestyle changes, self-care. And I really hate that so often our medical professionals just say things like, oh, well, you just have to get rid of it or you have to get used to it. Um, Just take a pill to get rid of it, like take ibuprofen. But is that really what you want to set yourself up to be doing, taking medicine for several days every month for the rest of your life? No. No. So I would love to help you with this. My new group coaching program, Wild Feminine Rising, is a deep dive into cyclical living and awakening the empowered feminine within. But it's also a guide to help navigate cycle signs like pain, acne, and mood swings. So if you are experiencing period pain and you want help healing it, reach out. Let's talk because, again, this new four-month program might be perfect for you. I also have a free masterclass this Sunday. It is for anyone who's feeling the call to come off hormonal birth control, but maybe be, you're a little confused about that. So I'm sharing all the ways I got my period back and the supplements I suggest for all of my post-pill clients. Again, it's happening Sunday, May 15th at 5 p.m. Together, you'll walk away feeling empowered to take the next step in your cyclical journey, no matter if you decide to stop taking birth control or not. You can find a link to sign up on my Instagram at Leslie Draffen. I also have free cycle check-in calls for anyone who has questions about their cycle. You can message me on Instagram or send me an email. Hello at Leslie Draffen. I would love to hear from you. I'd love to continue this conversation. And I want to thank you so much for spending time with me. And I really hope you've enjoyed these episodes and that you feel a little more educated about everything going on in your body. Have yourself a great day. And remember, there is no light without darkness, but there's no darkness without light. I'll see you next time.